He was his father all along. He was always dead. The whole time. And you know what? The mojo, the mojo was inside of him the whole time. He never lost his mojo. He never lost it. The following podcast contains spoilers for Occult is My Passport. You haven't worn! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFI News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. Hello, good sir. How are you? My, my necklace and shit's all fucked up from that tumbleless fall. As I'm is not, tradition. Not too bad. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited that mm. this movie has no nudity for me to cover up uh, <laughs> while we're recording this. And yeah, I'm, I'm also excited not to be a still frame. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you're not a still friend. That was, we'll, that was we'll a see. pain in the ass to edit. I can imagine. <laughs> you killed it. You did way more than I would have done. I would have just kept the still frame and not changed it at all. But uh, you, you made it like a little... Well, about little halfway animations. through, I was like, this kind of is boring as shit to look at. And then yeah. I just added, like, like I was kind of like stop motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. But uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm a little sweaty after that, I'm not going to lie. But other than that, I'm not too bad. I've been watching a movie or two. Believe Ooh, it or not. I do believe it because we've yes. talked about it. it. It is a little bit of homework, but I, I have to get around to these 2023 movies that I have mm-hmm. not gotten around to. And the first one I did get to was The Holdovers, which came out Ooh. pretty recently. So I, I like yeah. it's still in theaters, but I, I still kind of just missed it a little bit. But I did did get my eyes on it. Um, genuinely, it was really good. Paul Giamatti, one of the best human beings in the world. Absolutely. Uh, period overall um no i thought it was a great movie i think other people liked it just a tad more than me um i'm probably one of them but i have yeah but i have no gripes with it in any sort of way it's just i think other people enjoyed it more than me but i still overall enjoyed it a shit ton yeah that's a movie that grows on you Uh, like mm -hmm. i I was kind of in the same boat you were the first time i watched it and then i watched it a second time and like it, it got better every time I watched it. So I, yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely smack this into the the Christmas catalog, as they yeah. say. Um, In my opinion, it's one of the best <laughs> Christmas movies ever made. So uh, preach, we'll brother. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and after that, I had watched Onyx, the Fortuitous, and the Talisman of Souls. Yes, uh, I don't know. which is kind of a random ass movie. Uh, yeah. But uh, that that guy is hilarious. Yeah, um, Andrew Bowser. Um, he's, he's always hilarious on his little skits that he does. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it was cool that he got this movie even made in the first place. Yeah. My, my, uh, my favorite line in that, he goes, Oh fuck. She's a ghoul. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's, yeah, uh, he's hilarious. He, I think I said before when you had been, uh, when you were talking about this movie, when you first saw it is he reminds me of my aunt Heather who's like just along the same personality as that mm-hmm. not not like to that dimension but like yeah. same same sense of humor and all that yeah. i think she, i think she would genuinely love this movie if she saw it well she's um, got to check it out she, well she's got to check it out for sure yeah. um but other than that i had only watched a cult is my passport 
Uh, well, it's a partial lie, but we'll get. We'll it get is to a partial that. lie, but it, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, as it's, is tradition. It's, it's weird having this two week gap now and and not yeah. knowing uh, yeah. what I did actually see. I already had that fucked up to begin with, but still. Yeah. Go well, ahead as is tradition, me. I watched a bunch of stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to go through everything because we are trying to keep these shorter. The first one I do want to talk about Tetris. The the yes the corporation biopic is like one of the first ones. Uh, surprisingly, actually, really good. Tara Negerton. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's the American that like buys the distribution rights uh, to it, and then you know it's this whole thing with uh, Russia, yeah, and and all that. And of course, it's exaggerated, uh, but not as much as you might think. I was reading up on it towards the mm-hmm. end. Pretty much any t- the only things that were exaggerated was uh, he the, his translator was a KGB agent and he knew that the whole time but in the movie they make it like he doesn't know it um and then uh there's no car chase at the end because you gotta throw a car chase in i mean it's not a movie Uh, but yeah surprisingly good um from what i hear all these corporation biopics which i do hate the idea of yeah they've all been pretty good so far like i hear blackberry's pretty good air is pretty good Mm -hmm. um so you know, if they if they make good movies, I don't mind them happening. But the, yeah, it's, you know. it's just a weird existence that they are being made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one was more about just the logistics of you know dealing with Soviet Russia to get the rights of a video game and all that. Yeah. Uh, and and the soundtrack is a banger. Ooh. It's like a, a cinematic version of of the Tetris theme throughout a lot of it. That's pretty um, cool. Uh, I watched Wonka, which was better than I expected. Not crazy about it, but still, you know, I thought it was going to be horrible. It was actually pretty decent. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, watched Jim and Andy, the Great Beyond documentary about uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. uh, in, in Man on the Moon. Um, I like Jim Carrey's work, but the more I see about him behind the scenes of anything, the less I like him as a person. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know him personally. He could be great, but the way he comes <laughs> off when he's in interviews, and this is entirely his fault. It's not like editing or anything. He just kind of comes off as an asshole, and I, I don't, I don't vibe with that. I don't dig it. I, I, he seems very unaware of the person, kind of person he is, uh, or worse, una- he's aware and just doesn't care. Um, yeah, I think we had talked about that a couple, yeah. couple weeks ago, and I, it. it it's a that's a whole thing to unpack that yeah. probably shouldn't even um, unpack yeah, I don't want to you know I, I I speak a little more harshly about it when I'm talking in private with you I don't want to do yeah. that yeah just because I legitimately don't know him I, I know Terrence Howard more than I know Jim Carrey mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so I don't want to you know speak ill of him but you know I just don't like the vibe he gives off <laughs> anymore but yeah. I, I still love his work uh, then I watched uh, Godzilla minus one minus color with you, Ooh. the one you did forget, mm-hmm. um, and that one. You know, we watched Godzilla minus one. You have a review for it because uh, I was on uh, our not really paternity leave because I don't get paid for it, but yeah, it was still I was that, not seeing that early term of, of yeah. just being home with the babes. So we saw it, and without color, and I liked how it felt more like a classic movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the version to watch, but. Yeah, I definitely, good. I definitely enjoyed the the color version more. Um, it's it is a pretty uh, grade the color version, ex- especially when when he's like spewing that atomic breath and everything. I think it's just you gotta see that in color, yeah. and then with that silence. 
but they 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 did grade it very very well to the black and white like i saw like a, what they could have had done like just put a black and white filter over it but yeah. they like graded it so well with yeah. the black and white and just made it like its own type of thing instead of just like yeah. putting a black and white filter on it and saying it's like a 70 year anniversary yeah it was great i i yeah. I, I loved it i see that movie in theaters if you can because it, it really is please please see theaters. it in yeah. theaters it deserves uh, it I watched a few others, but, uh, you know, just for the time's sake, we'll just get into A Cult Is My Passport, which we'll talk about right now. <laughs> なにぎ。俺たちはこうやってただ殺されるのを待ってんのかよ。こんなことはこれまでにも何回かあった。そのたびに俺たちは勝ち抜いてきたよ。会いたいぜ。ただ一人。鳩場に。<笑> A Cult is My Passport. A hitman is hired to kill a mob boss. After the deed is done, he and his driver are wanted dead by rival gangs who joined forces. Yes. Mm. Directed by Takashi Nomura, written by Shinji Fujiwara, Haidaichi Nagahara, and Nabuo Yamada. Starring Joe Shishidu, Jerry Fujio, Chitose Kobayashi, and Ryotaro Suji. Uh, again, apologize for the mispronunciations. Mm-hmm. That is always the disclaimer when we're dealing we're, with international films. We're just bad. Yeah, yeah. Bad with uh, the tongue. So this, of course, came up on Streaming Roulette, and it was the one we wanted to pick. So that is why we watched it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I I was very excited for this because, you know, I, I've never seen a... Um, a classic Japanese gangster film. I, you know, I've seen some of them from like the two thousands and all that, but yeah, we've seen uh, like modern age ones. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And I was surprised at how inspired by westerns this was. Uh, yeah. Now I know that westerns, American westerns, are largely inspired by samurai films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly who exactly created that style specifically with the music because the music in this feels like it could be in a spaghetti western yeah and and uh uh right off the bat you have like the whistling that i can't do Mm -hmm. i would try to imitate it but i can only whistle a little bit yeah i can only Um, imagine how it sounds on here too (laughs) so when when yeah yeah when that started i was actually more excited to watch this because it seemed uh like it was gonna you know feel like a uh tarantino movie kind of Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, instead, it was a Takashi Nomura movie. Uh, but Glenn, yes, what, what did you think? Give me your your initial thoughts. Well, I'm glad you actually brought that up because that was probably my my major note that I had mentally um, yeah. was definitely the music. Even 
like j- j- just the overall tracks that they had were all super good. Like you said, they were all uh, spaghetti western style musics. Um, yeah, again, but, spaghetti but in, western could have stole it from Japanese films. Oh, we yeah. we don't know the history, but uh, yeah, I'm just a wee lad. I don't know shit. Yeah, um, but from from our perspective, it, it is heavily inspired by spaghetti westerns or just westerns in general. Yeah. Um, so like th- that whole thing was definitely cool to especially see in like you know a, a gangster you know gun type movie mm-hmm. um, instead of just like oh rodeo baby I'm gonna sling this lasso over you your mouth yeehaw yeehaw uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no it was definitely uh, cool to hear those those tracks I think the biggest remark that I have against it is this movie's an hour and a half and like two of those tracks repeat over and over yeah. and over and over like you'll be getting in, into this one serious scene like halfway or over halfway through the movie and then it'll kick on that song again and you're like oh man it like kind of takes away from the moments of of them talking and like having this deep discussion yeah and you're like oh god but then you're like the song is a banger but it still takes away <laughs> it still takes away a little bit um, there's even there's even a song that uh, what's it, his shun his uh, his partner plays uh, just trying to relax his mind. He, oh, he's yeah. just he's just strumming a song, and even even that was even western styled. Yeah, uh, it was like a campfire scene, but without the campfire. Yeah, they they all just buckle down for the night around a campfire, and he's just mm-hmm. all right. I'll play Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but even even the song uh. he played was. Uh, even like, again, felt inspired uh, by like ty- those types of moments in westerns yeah. where they just like do hunker down for the night and just kind of vibe. But the music was it was awesome. Uh, as far as overall movie, I was really enjoying this a lot. Um, I can't say that I personally have seen a at least a Japanese type gangster film, um, especially ones that deal with like yakuza. Um, clans um not that not that is that uh, the correct pronunciation of yakuza i don't know okay. I, I don't pronounce a lot of things correctly yeah, it it's just either, took me a second yak- to realize yakuza what you were talking or about yakuza. yeah it it's took always me a been mixed up between the two feel free to tell me what it is people of the internet you know i wouldn't best. be surprised if it was yakuza because that sounds more like a yakuza sounds like a very yeah americanized uh, uh, pronunciation whatever it is we'll, we'll we'll figure it out but um i i can't tell you how what the earliest form of movie was that i've seen with like gang Jap, japanese gangster films and dealing with uh yakuza and such like or yakuza um um so this this was the earliest the one that i have i believe that i've ever seen uh because if you get any earlier than that i think it gets into the samurai type films more than it is <laughs> gangster films yeah, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm probably wrong there, but still. Um, so, th- I mean, this, what I'm getting at is this is still like a, a breath of little fresh air to breathe in, uh, a nice change up from what you see from uh, usual different type of uh, Japanese films that we've at least seen on the podcast and such like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I am with you there. I, I loved it. I thought it was a, uh, a a cool. It was just a cool film, you know, the yeah. the. Um, it's it's a little slow paced, but I think that was again, either that's just how these kinds of movies were made, and then uh, westerns stole it, or you know they borrowed it from westerns and all mm-hmm. that. Um, 
but it, it, it is very slow, but that kind of helps with the, the suspense a little bit. Um, Especially since the the main character is kind of just so suave and relaxed that he kind of has yeah. to take it all he's, mellow he's throughout the movie. He's kind of monotone the entire time, which you know normally would bother me, but it kind of worked for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with, without getting into it right away, uh, for me, slow-paced movies need to have a payout in the end, and this mm-hmm. absolutely has a payout in the end with, with the... Uh, the shootout that they have, yeah, um, it's it's just it, it leads to a great set piece, um, kind of like a, a high noon visit. Only at seven a.m. Not high noon, yeah. Uh, but you know, an arranged meeting where they're gonna fight each other and, and all that. So it's it's uh, I, I just loved the I, I hate using this because I feel like I'm too old to use it. I've already used it a couple times this podcast. I hate <laughs> I love the vibe of this movie. Um, <laughs> oh man, you didn't just say vibe, man. I did. I'm, oh. I'm too old to say it, but I've said it multiple times already. That's um, cap. That's no, yeah, that's, that's uh, old that, as fuck. <laughs> that's lit uh, and uh, bass and <laughs> I don't know Riz and and <laughs> that that's now that's where we draw some lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I ever use the word Riz unironically, just shoot mm. me in the head, please. Yeah, I, I got you. My, my uh, the cult is my passport. Yes, um, yes, but it, it was just such a cool movie. It, it it felt like the kind of movie that Quentin Tarantino would be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, a lot of the images that come up on the IMDb page are of like Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and it's just a you know it's it's a simple movie. It, it doesn't go too crazy until maybe towards the end, but even that's not that crazy. Uh, and it's just, it, it just, I, I love the Western vibes. I know I've talked mm-hmm. about that a lot, but it, it's, it's just a really fun watch. And I don't know how much more I can say without talking about that ending. Cause that ending, I was on the edge of my seat. Like that, that shot with him running while they're shooting at him Yeah, and, and the cameras moving with him. Some of the camera work in this, the camera for, work was phenomenal. For what year was it? 1967. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's probably when they started like everyone started uh, experimenting with like camera movement and everything. Mm-hmm. But some of the camera uh, movement in this is just phenomenal and just adds so much to the shot that, uh, you know, any given shot. But the, the, the shot of him running and the cameras moving along with him mm-hmm. was just su- such an intense, cool shot that I, I, I was on board um, yeah. that the, entire The, the ending, like you said, is a huge payoff. I do want to get to that eventually. Yeah. But uh, we, should, we should probably pad some time here for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think all the characters in this movie were just genuinely really cool. Like the world mm-hmm. building of itself was just like it felt like uh, we're car- we're comparing this movie to a lot of things, but it's kind of all we have. Um, but for what I'm about to say, it kind of felt like a, a <laughs> not to the same extent, not even close, like a John Wick like world building where these these hitmen and then the the yakuza yeah. are trying to you know, hire these dudes to take out these other people because, you know, they were embezzling money and shit. And they're like, That's there's a, a hotel that is the, known yeah, to protect them. And yep. There was a whole hotel. It was like, hey, stay here, yeah. lie low. Um, although, also, that truck stop is a lot like a saloon in the Western, too. Yeah. Where it's just like everyone's kind of rowdy and... Mm-hmm. and now, obviously, uh, not everybody at, at that hotel were assassins, but, like, yeah. it felt like that type of world building, not saying it's it John Wick, but... Like, obviously, this is way before that. But mm-hmm. it felt, like, really cool, like, that world building where, like, there's these people. That obviously, Yakuza is a huge thing. 
um, where they've they've got their own. That's like a whole John Wick thing, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was it was really cool to like the world building and the characters and seeing like how it all goes down in this story. Um, and then just like how nonchalant, uh, was his name? Shuji was the whole time or Kamimura, um, the main, the main hitman that yeah. we're following the whole time. Just how nonchalant yeah. he is the whole time, how he knows he's like, this is just another thing I gotta, I just gotta get out of it. I always mm-hmm. get out of it. And this is just another one that I gotta get out of. <laughs> he, he was really cool. Uh, Shun was really cool. Obviously he's like a very much more hyper fixated on he's young. He's new to this. He's probably gonna fucking die if he does the wrong thing and then yeah. you got uh kamimura who's just like nah we're good man he's like matthew mcconaughey of the whole thing just more serious it's all yeah. right all right all right man we're gonna get out of here it's fine yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh everybody was cool even even mina was was pretty cool she had her whole little backstory and how she is why or why she is how she is and all that yeah um yeah just generally the whole the whole aspect of all the characters and stuff were really really yeah. awesome it, it, i mean this is a major nitpick because it didn't ruin the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but g- going back to uh, Kamimura, uh, the the main character, he he was really cool and like suave and everything. But there were some shots because of his jowls that he reminded me of yeah. McLovin. Yeah. Uh, so every <laughs> yeah. now and then, for half a second, I was taken out of it. But he, then, like, drawn he looks back exactly in like a friend of mine. Um, yeah. I won't now, shout I don't out know their if name that's, if that's I don't know if they'll take that as a bad way or not. But they, they yeah. look exactly no, the it's, same. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's just they have the same kind of cheeks and, mm-hmm. and, and that. That's exactly um, what it is mostly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, and he's it's suave just, too. He's a suave yeah, dude. He's very suave. It's just every now and then the angle. I was just like McLovin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so sorry, uh, but again, that's just because you know we live in the modern era and super bad has come out. Uh, yeah. If I saw this before Superbad, I would not have thought that at all. Yeah. Um, but like, this yeah, guy it, looked like he can give birth to a McLovin. <laughs> he, see, he looks like he has a fake Hawaiian <laughs> driver's license. <laughs> a cult is my fake Hawaiian driver's yep. license. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, but he was still like, you know, just completely cool and calm the entire time. Mm-hmm. I love in the beginning how they go um, the the guy who's hiring hiring him to assassinate the other gangster boss yeah um they they go to all these locations and he's telling them was like, oh that's bulletproof glass that's bulletproof glass and then the next day they go back and they show those same locations that they were standing but they're empty and yep. the entire time you're just like what's his plan here uh and it, it just reveals that he you know was pretending like he wanted to rent an apartment in order to get a a, a shot at, at uh the backyard and I thought that was just such a creative way to build suspense is like showing uh, the day to day two times in a row. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second time it's just empty and you're just waiting for him to pop up. Yeah, the, the, it was just it was so, so simple, but so effective. The in, technical in aspects to this, too, were really cool. Like he's like constantly he's like wiping down like locks or anything that he touches so he doesn't get any yeah. fingerprints taken from obviously his hands. Um, or like even like the things that he builds throughout the movie. Like, so they, they build like Shun, uh, puts uh fake or like second, not fake, a second breaks in the, the car that they get, uh, taken, kidnapped in the beginning. 
And so, like, they, they, they put it, they install second brakes, so in case something happened, like, they got kidnapped yeah. and slammed those fuckers. Yeah, I forgot and then, about that. Yeah, there's and that. And the mechanic was like, I understand souping it up, but why the second brakes? Yeah, and then, um, obviously, later, where uh, uh, Kami, Kamimura is building a bomb. So I, I, the whole te- technical aspect and what he could do was really impressive, too, and just, like, yeah. just wiping fingerprints. He had his whole assassin thing down before 1970. So that was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, obviously, there's way more we can get into with that, but... Yeah. Uh, th- God damn, he's so suave, man. He's, he's so, so suave. suave. Uh, it's, it, but going back to... Like, he, he really did kind of feel like MacGyver in a way, mm-hmm. where he would just, like, get random things and make a, a bomb that it has magnets in it so it attaches to the bottom of a car yep. that has bulletproof glass so we can't shoot out the glass. Uh, it, it just set up from beginning to end everything that was kind of and I'm, going I'm, to happen. And and that's that's a sign of a good script is when things are set up and then yeah. paid off in the end. Uh, it, it's it, it really impressed me with, with how you know, complete the thought process was for every, every little step the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad like they had him take the time to like take notes and like watch what his enemy is doing. So like they didn't, he didn't just assume that they had bulletproof glass and that's why he made the bomb. He saw that they had blue, but he like, he took the notes. He went and did the research before crafting this whole shebang. So I thought that was really, cause some movies would just like, Oh, I've got to build a bomb. I don't know why I came <laughs> I'm up gonna with I'm going to need a gun. I'm going to need a bomb. Give me your yeah. closest watch. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I thought a lot of his, like the, the technicality of his character is just, is just so cool. That's not the right word, but I feel like it should have put it. I put it in there anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was uh, like you said earlier, he knew how to do his job. Mm-hmm. And did uh, it As well. an assassin and did it very well. Um Going to the ending, yes. Like, I was, man. I honestly don't remember. Did did he die? I can't remember. I'm drawing a huge blank because the 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 shootout is so cool. I forgot the ending. <laughs> Kami Mora, yeah. Uh, so he's he's alive and he was limping away with bullet holes in him. That's right. Another very western thing hmm. is to end it kind of ambiguously yeah it was either or it's just like two, right after the action happens two or three times he got shot so he got shot in the shoulder yeah. and i think his leg like, i don't remember yeah. if he got shot a third time but he was yeah. definitely limping away um, with bullet holes um, but i mean that's just how cool the 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 shootout is is that i completely forgot how yeah. it ended and uh i i was kind of worried that it was gonna be like you know he had like 10 guys coming for him and i was kind of worried as much as I love John Wick, mm-hmm. um, in the first John Wick, it's just like he seems unstoppable. Yeah. And uh, it, it gets to the point where he gets more and more injured and everything. Um, but with this, I was worried that he was going to come away completely unscathed. Mm-hmm. But if the with how they ended it, if you told me uh, that he you know died right after it cut to black, I'd believe you. If you told me that he made it back to the barge yep. and... and lived happily ever after i believe you but i'm glad that they didn't show us either way yeah they left it just showed us for you yeah he he accomplished his goal of killing all the gangsters but it wasn't a happy or sad ending it was just he's a badass and he continues to be a badass even with his fake hawaiian license 
I think so. I think the last little showdown is is definitely the best part of the movie because absolutely it it shows all of the best parts that they could do. So mm-hmm. all of the music was great. The showdown itself was great. Um, I'm a, you know I'm a little weary on how open it was, and they were all just like missing shots. But you know they're not all going to be fucking absolute class class yeah. A snipers with these things. But how open it was, how close they were, and still missing shots. Like they were stormtroopers. That was my only nitpick with it. But yeah, yeah, but. Oh my god, the camera work, the shots, all of it, yeah. the, the just the choreography with it was all so fucking cool and badass. And it kind of made you forget about yeah, that is you, like, you immediately like I'm in this. Go, yeah, fucking shoot yeah, at that guy. I, I know <laughs> when someone's moving, he's pretty much moving the entire time, which is what makes it so electric. Yeah. Uh which makes it somewhat believable because, you know, you really have to lead mm-hmm. your your target if if they're it's a moving target. Yeah. Um, and so it's, especially if you were kind of hoping to ambush him and get him before he started moving, him moving might be a surprise. So there is like plausible deniability or plausible, you know, ways that it would, would work out, um, that he, he would only get shot three times out of all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree that it kind of, you know, it would have been nice if it was like a junkyard and he had ways to get cover. Yeah, just like um, maybe like a, a broken fridge next to him or something like it. But again, yeah. it's like whatever, out of sight, out of mind to it. Um, yeah. I so think, again, the way it's shot makes you forget about that pretty much immediately. Oh, dude, the, the so. setting was, especially on those uh, long, like, long, far shots, the setting mm-hmm. was just so fucking cool looking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was all, it was like a landfill. So it was just like, there wasn't trees or anything, but it was just straight, just this huge exterior shot and just like him standing there and just looked so fucking cool, especially when it, yeah. it's zoomed in on him all the way. And then it zooms all the way out to all the guys in the car. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, whoa, I got to take some Tums. That gave me heartburn. How cool and hot that was at the same time. Jesus. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> That is the the whole final like act, the whole showdown is just probably one of the best pieces of cinema I've I've seen, at least from you know how I am with older movies. Yeah. But like like all the older movies, like this one is like fucking killer. Well that's the that's the thing about older movies that a lot of people I like older movies because you get to see like the first time things were done. Mm-hmm. But to a lot of people, it's just I and I can see why it's a little boring because you don't see the things that weren't done until like 15, 20 years yeah. later that are, are staples in, in films today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I do understand that that gripe with classic films. But yeah, this this uh, other than like a few of the, the talking scenes, the, mm-hmm. the action scenes really do feel like ahead of their time uh, for you know, the sixties, 1967. Yeah. Um, so it, it really did just make a, a, a great viewing experience. And honestly, I'm shocked. I haven't heard about this until streaming roulette. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like a movie. A lot of my film friends would love. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's kind of crazy because there's not even that much like, I mean, normally we look at like the trivias and such like that, or like goofs or whatever. There's not even that many, there's just one thing in here about a, a trivia piece for IMDb at least. Um, I'm sorry, two things, but like, still that's only two things. And like, I've, I've never heard of this movie and uh, not many people seem to be talking about it. So yeah, it's cool that we got Um, it on criterion at least. (laughs) Yeah. 
According to Letterboxd, out of all the people I know, you and I are the only ones that have seen it. So we got to start sharing this movie with people. Yeah, absolutely. That's what uh, we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're here to share movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, closing thoughts. I I don't really have too much else to say. Uh, I just loved the... I'm going to say it again. The vibe. The, the <laughs> vibes, man. I loved how cool and suave this movie was and how, you know, it really did just feel like a uh, a, a, a movie that would inspire Quentin Tarantino or even Guy Ritchie or something yeah. uh, to, to make some of their films. And... Uh, and that's why I love old movies because you see where inspiration comes from for so many directors. Mm-hmm. And th- that ending, like the, I enjoyed it the entire time, but I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. But then that ending, I was like, whoa! Yeah, that that ending was icing so on cool. cake, baby. Yeah, um, and there's a few parts in the middle where it's kind of a little too slow for my liking, mm-hmm. and it it did feel a little longer than an hour twenty four minutes because of those parts. But they didn't ruin the movie because, no. you know, once they were gone, it got back into the, the quick-paced, mm-hmm. uh, sh- uh, suspenseful aspects of it. And I also just love the bromance in it, too. The like bromance, baby. He tucks him into bed. He tucks Sean into bed. <laughs> and you had None a- of my friends have talked, <laughs> tucked me into bed. He had Mina so pissed off and envious. She's like, I envy you guys yeah. for being friends Glenn, like that. Would, would you tuck me into bed? I would tuck so many things, especially oh. you into bed. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I I just love it. It's just such a uh, it's a it's a great film. It's a great film. It, yeah, uh, thank you, Streaming Roulette, for for this little piece. Yeah. Every now and then we get a film that I'm just like I'm really glad we do Streaming Roulette because yeah. I would not have seen that otherwise. Yeah, that's for sure. So that does it for the review of A Cult Is My Passport. That brings us on to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether it goes to the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle or Handmaiden. Uh, uh, don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. Uh, coin flip generator. Glenn, heads or tails? Tails. Tails. All right, you get to go first. Does this go on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden? I would like to say that I, th- I, th- I think it does go on the shelf. Mm. Um Overall, the world building, the characters, the music, although sadly a little bit yes. repetitive, the music, I think the shot, the showdown at the end was just sealed it all up to definitely say yes. But I think even before the showdown, I was even teetering to be like, this is a really good movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it was just fucking fanatical um, and would recommend anybody to watch it for sure. Especially yes. if you're a Tarantino fan, Scorsese, any any anybody like that. Like you said, Guy Ritchie too. If you're fans of those guys, you're definitely, I think, gonna enjoy this. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I would uh I, I would agree. I, I was like you, I was kind of teetering towards putting it on the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then uh when the the shootout came, the the side of me that was leaning no completely fell off the seesaw and i just fell into the yes (laughs) yes category uh it's just such a a a good movie uh it's you could tell it's inspired a lot it's it's electric it it has a lot of really cool characters in it and i i really enjoyed it and i'm i'm again thank you to streaming roulette for 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 bringing this up the the streaming roulette gods yes you bastards thank you so much watch this (laughs) you bet you bastards so, a cult is my passport. Does go on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is my turn to pick again, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go back into my little list of movies mm-hmm. and have Glenn pick a number between one and forty-three. 
Hmm, I do like this game. Let me go with number... Let me go with 30. 30? Yes. Okay, so that is going to be the movie hmm? Living in Oblivion. Oh. Lock it up. Okay, here we go. And roll sound. E. Nick Rev is making a movie. Action. He's wonderful, isn't he? It's something most of us only dream of doing. How'd you get into cinematography? No, I'm, I'm directing this movie. How'd you get into directing? But for Nick... Hey, Bob! Hey, Bob! Rolling! The dream... Cut! Do I have to do everything myself here? ...is becoming a nightmare. What is your name, anyway? Clear the set! Steve Buscemi... I freak out in your dream, I freak out in my dream, the longer I'm exhausted. Sounds kind of like an identity crisis. Catherine Keener... Nick? Yeah? Dermot Mulroney. Hey, that's my iPad! Can I borrow it, Wolf? Nick, it just feels right. James LaGrosse. I play a sexy uh, serial killer that checks up with one of writer. In a love story filmed somewhere between fantasy... I can walk through just about anything, like air. Reality... I think you could see I'm under a little pressure here. ...and oblivion. Living in oblivion, scene six, take one, let's do that! Kiss my ass! Yeah! Right, now we're making a movie! Living in Oblivion, the new film by Tom DeCillo. Living in Oblivion is uh, written and directed by Tom DeCillo, or DeCillo. Uh, it is starring Steve Buscemi, Catherine Keener, Dermot Mulroney. Uh, I believe Peter Dinklage is in there, maybe? Peter yeah, Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. Peter uh, Dinklage. <laughs> yes. Um, it is a, this ultimate tribute to all independent filmmakers takes place during one day on set of a non-budget movie, hmm. uh, 1995, hour 30 minutes, 7.5 on IMDb, 81 Metacritic score, and this is going to be pretty much on all of the free things. You got Tubi, Roku, uh, Plex, Peacock, Freebie, Crackle, Fandor, I guess, hmm. but that, I, I, that might be a subscription thing. I do be a uh, fan of that. Yes, so, uh, yeah, I first watched this movie in film school, um, my film analysis or film history class, I can't remember what it was, put this on because it is a comical, uh, you know, showing of a film set. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm going to withhold what I thought about it. Okay. But, uh, okay. I, I, at the very least, you can know I think it's worth a rewatch. Uh, so... That is our assignment for next week. Can't Living in Oblivion. Can't wait to watch some young Steve Buscemi. Yeah, and young Peter Dinklage. Peter and Dinklage. young Dermot Mulroney. And young Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. And young Danielle von Zernick. I'm sure and the vibes back then were pretty awesome. The vibes were vibing. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> that is going to be on all the free things. Freebie, Crackle, Tubi, Roku, what have you. Living in Oblivion, that is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore view. Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we hold for 30 seconds to record room tone. Fucking eyes! Okay, we got to do room tone again. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.